Welcome, fasting fitness friends. This podcast will be about sharing information and stories on fasting and fitness. Bill is a martial arts instructor, business owner, husband, and father. Lisa is a retired music educator, an ultra runner, singer, dancer, wife, and mom. We have both lost weight and found a healthier lifestyle combining intermittent fasting and fitness activities. We hope you'll join us as we share content that can help both mental and physical wellness. Please remember the information presented here is not to be taken as medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Today, we'd Hi, Lisa. Like- How are you today? Hi, Bill. How you doing? <laughs> today, we'd like to welcome um, Andrea Freeman um, to our podcast. And Andrea is a licensed PT. She's a DPT. She's been practicing for 14 years. She's a wife. She's a mom, she's an intermittent faster and a fitness enthusiast. And Andrea has graciously agreed to be on our podcast to talk about her own personal life and her job as a PT, right? Great. So welcome, Andrea. Hi. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. And Bill's here too. It's both of us today. Yes, this is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so we got, so we'll try not to interrupt each other. So just for the listeners, we're, we are on a Zoom forum. So in case there's some pauses, it's not our fault, it's technology. Okay, <laughs> so Andrea, why don't you tell us a little bit about what brought you to IF and maybe a little bit about your backstory, please. Sure, um, so I'm actually relatively new to intermittent fasting. I only began, um, Probably, actually, I began officially in September of this past, of 2020. Okay. Yes. And so, um, you know, I had always heard of intermittent fasting. I live in Northern California. There are many fitness enthusiasts uh, that talk a lot about intermittent fasting. Um, But breakfast is my favorite meal of the day or has been. So, the thought of skipping breakfast made me very sad or nervous, but um, to back up. So I've tried many different types of um, ways of eating. Like I've tried whole 30 or counting macros, anti-inflammatory diets. Um, but then um, I, I had a, a wedding coming up in October. <laughs> and so I thought, let me try something different. Um, and I like to try all these different things because I often do end up speaking with my patients about different ways of eating or lifestyle behavior. So um, I thought, why don't I give intermittent fasting a chance or a try? And I had a good friend of mine who has been doing it for several years. So I started. So did you need to like lose weight or you're just always looking to be your best self or what drew you to intermittent fasting? Yeah, I think I'm always looking, you know, sure. Could I, do I want to lose five or 10 pounds? Why not? Um, but I also think I am looking to feel the best that I can feel. Um, I've noticed in the last several years, I haven't been sleeping as well as I, I was, you know, several years ago. Um, sometimes I might feel like some brain fog or uh, maybe memory issues. Um, 
So, and this, when I'm exercising, I want to perform to the best that I can. Right. Do you mind if I ask how old you are, Andrea? I'm 42. Yeah. So this is a really good time to start finding out these tools because women, you know, we start heading into that pre-menopausal, perimenopausal, right? Exactly. So yeah. the things, the brain fog, the inflammation, those are really common things. Even women who are slender and fit, you know, we can all use a little help there, right? Agreed. Great. So what kind of exercise do you do? And like, what's your exercise history? Um, so I um, currently, I mostly run. Um, I am a road runner, um, but I have dabbled in the trail kind of in the last year or so. Um, and then I also do some yoga and I've done yoga on and off for 20 years. Sometimes I am more enthusiastic about it. And other times I dabble in other things. Um, I was always a tomboy growing up. So I was always playing sports, um, running, you know, trying exercise classes, hit classes. I tried CrossFit for a little bit. I did bar method. Um, but really I feel like, uh, running is kind of my foundation and then some strength training and yoga, um, you know, to complement that. And then I recently got a Peloton bicycle. Yes. So I started that. I really only got that earlier this week. So oh, um, really new. Nice. Yes. Yes. So I have been uh, on the bike several times in the last three days. Yeah. No, that's nice. Cause you have young children. So that's yes. really going to help your life. Right. Correct. Yeah. It's very convenient. Yeah. So let me ask you about your IF, um, yes. your intermittent fasting. What kind of schedule are you on now? Are you just like kind of finding your way? Like, where are you at with that? So I started, um, I, I basically, I do a variation of 16, eight. I would say I rarely eat for the eight hour window, but I always shoot for the 16 hour fasting window. Okay. So, um, you know, I think I average like 17 or sometimes 18 or more hours, but 16 is what I shoot for. Right. And have you seen, like I see, you said you're relatively new, but have you seen any kind of like non-scale victories, any improvements? What have you noticed? Yeah. So I think initially right off the bat, like the first month that I did it, um, you know, I may have lost a couple of pounds, like two or three pounds, but I felt more lean. I felt leaner and more toned. Um, and I would say since then with holidays and wedding and schedules and children at home schooling, um, oh. I don't know if I feel like there has not been any kind of a weight change or fluctuation or loss really, but I think I've been, I've noticed it in my workouts. I never thought I could run fasted but I feel really great when I do. Great. So do you do your runs like early in the morning? I like, what's your schedule? Yeah. So when, when we weren't in a pandemic, I would frequently be up at like five or five 30 on runs. Um, but now with a little, you know, I probably, I, I rarely work out that early now. I do a lot of lunchtime runs in the middle of my work day. Oh. Yeah. So at noon or one, um, so that's nice for me because then I can fast and then do my run at the end of my fast and then eat and get back to work. So we're, we're hearing that frequently. Uh, there's several other people that have mentioned specifically that they enjoy doing their run at the very end of their fast. Bill, I think you've mentioned um, about working out at the very end of your fasting um, 
schedule? Yes, because I typically do right now. Right now, I'm doing ADF, but when I wasn't doing ADF, I was on a 24 schedule. And so by the time I got to that 20 hours or close to the 20 hours, that was when I was able to get my run in or my morning workout. And so then I could eat my food between like 10 and noon or 10 and three, depending on what I was doing that day. But um, so is that what you're doing, Andrea? Do you, uh, you said you're doing the 19 or the 16, eight pretty yeah. much. And that's, re I really sounded a lot similar to what I was doing when I was on the 24 is I didn't really care if I ate for the whole four hours, uh, but that the 20 or the, you know, the fasting time is what really matters because that's where the good stuff is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it was, that's generally what I do. And I would say, yeah, I usually eat around, well, I, I do my workout around 12 or one, and then I'll eat immediately after, or, you know, relatively immediately after. So that's impressive. So I want to, I want to kind of point this out because um, I'm a, I'm a trail runner, but I hang out with some road runners and a lot of the road runners are still um, trained in the old school dogma that you, you have to do the pre-workout and mm -hmm. then oh wait, And then as soon as you finish within 20 minutes, you have to refuel. So what you're saying is you're skipping breakfast, which I understand like that's, I'm 60, you know, I taught middle school, my kids, you got to eat breakfast, got to eat breakfast. So you're not eating breakfast. And then you're not even going out for your run until about noon. So you're fasted probably from dinner around mm -hmm. dinner the night before, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. So you're at the end of like 18, 19 hours mm -hmm. and you're going out for your run and you don't die, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It was and a you surprise. Said you don't die. Yeah, not yeah. only you don't die, but you said you feel really, really good. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I was the type of person who, I mean, my distance is usually, I, I run more, you know, I've only run two marathons. I've done half marathons mostly. Um, I like to run, I don't know, I'll run anywhere from like three to 10 or, you know, so miles, let's say just for a run. Um, and I was the type of person that it was like every 45 to 60 minutes, I was like, okay, what should I be ingesting? Um, I never liked like goo, but I would try like real food, like a banana or like a, you know, something, a bar or something. But, um, and I would pre, if I knew I was going to work out for like longer than an hour, an hour and a half, then I would take like amino acids before. Right. And then I would always eat, you know, relative, I'd bring a banana for after my workout, but now I just go. Right. So you just started doing that. And what we want to point out here, because the title of the podcast is Fasted Fitness, a lot of people are, it's more mental. They're like afraid, like, oh, I, don't, I better not go for my run. I better not go to my CrossFit. I better not go to my gym and do my class or get on my Peloton unless I eat first. Well, we, we encourage you, try it. Try doing your workout fasted and you might be really pleasantly surprised, right? Mm -hmm. Great. Definitely. Okay, so um, let's talk about your job, please, Andrea. Yes, so I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. I started as just, you know, I'm trained as a general physical therapist. I started in orthopedics. Um, I've done home health. I've worked in the hospital. I've done all sorts of different things, but my passion is pelvic floor physical therapy. So I treat men, women, um, transgender, every, you know, along the spectrum. And I treat all conditions relating to the pelvic floor. So it could even be 
so the pelvic floor and pelvis, I should say. So, you know, I could treat low back pain or hip pain, those kinds of things, but I also treat like pelvic pain, uh, sexual dysfunction, a lot of urinary incontinence, men post prostatectomy, uh, men who have, I, I have an uptick of men who are coming to me with like scrotal or testicular pain from increasing uh, their riding on a bicycle. I've had several this past week. Um, so I kind of, I treat everything relating to the pelvis. Wow, that's great. And I bet there's a big, um, a big audience, if you will, there's a big need for this, right? Definitely. I think it's an underserved population. Uh, a lot of people don't know. They think, oh, you know, even women who have babies don't in this country just automatically get physical therapy, but in many other countries, you know, they do. Um, so definitely a lot of people who need this attention. So let me ask you, do, um, do general practitioner doctors, do they refer people to you? Because I know a lot of women who, after they have babies, they're like, oh, I'm having a hard time running because I'm having these right. issues, right? Yeah. So definitely uh, OBGYNs, general practitioners, a lot of GI, uh, uh, gastrointestinal uh, doctors, because I deal a lot with... Um, GI issues like uh, difficulty evacuating or having a bowel movement, constipation, pain with either of those things. Um, so GI and then urology refers a lot to me as well. So wow. urinary issues mm -hmm. wow. and diet is a big part of all that because uh, many things can irritate how our urinary and GI systems function diet wise. Right. So do you do any um, nutritional counseling or recommendations? Are you allowed? Are you even yeah. allowed? To? You yeah. know, what? we have a basic um, foundation in some um, nutritional counseling. And so, you know, I frequently discuss that, but we, ha we have to because it, it's part of treatment. But if there's anything more specific, you know, I will definitely say this is outside of my scope of practice and I'll refer to a registered dietitian or a functional medicine doctor or other types of physicians. Okay, good. But if someone says, if you mention to a client like, oh, I've been doing intermittent fasting, are, are, you, are you allowed to say that? And then they're allowed yeah. to ask you? Okay. Yes, definitely. And I talk a lot about anti-inflammatory diet or the intermittent fasting lifestyle will come up. Good. So I definitely, I definitely talk about it. Great. Yeah. Pelvic floor is a big thing. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, sir, especially with intermittent fasting, it's nice. And I know everyone always, it's, it's a lifestyle, not a diet, right. Or it's a way of, I don't know, a way of eating. I don't know what you, what you say, but, um, you know, you, it's not like you can't eat certain foods. You can eat whatever you want. Right. Um, so, it is important, you know, for some of my patients, you know, intermittent fasting may be something that will help them because they can give their gut a rest. And maybe it's somebody who has a really active gut. Um, but even though they're doing intermittent fasting, there still may be foods that irritate the gut. So, you know, frequently I recommend intermittent fasting along with other kinds of potentially restrictions if there are foods that irritate their systems. Great. And so with uh, COVID and the pandemic, how are you managing your practice? So I work for a hospital um, in an outpatient setting. And so basically I've been working since COVID started. Um, you know, I, I wear a mask. 
Um, I'm in a room, unfortunately, like pelvic floor physical therapy can very, be very intimate. So I am in a private treatment room for almost an hour with every patient, but, you know, we take precautions and thankfully, you know, we've been very lucky. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. No, because that's part of the deal with the pandemic is people aren't getting the regular other medical needs that they should be attending to. Cause some people are afraid, you know? Yes. Yes. So. And I have switched to um, seeing some individuals who are high risk or who aren't comfortable coming in, in the clinic. They'll do telemedicine vid- visits with me. Okay. So I'll do like, uh, you know, some t- uh, Zoom type or video visits. Great. Yeah. Well, do you have anything you want to ask? Uh, yeah, I was actually going to kind of t- tie it into something you said earlier and, and just kind of uh, came back to was you were you know, in the beginning, you said you, you've tried whole 30 and you've tried various different diets. And, uh, you know, and then you mentioned that, you know, you said, you know, do we call it a, a way of eating or a way of life or, you know, what is it that we call intermittent fasting? And I think a lot of people call it different things. Um, I like the term just a way of eating because it's not the, you know, the fasting itself isn't a diet. Your diet is the food choices that you make. Um, so that really just kind of ties in all there together. But is there uh, right now, is there a specific um, food choices that you're following that kind of help with your goals and your uh, fitness as well right now, in, in addition to fasting, or are you just fasting and eating whatever, whatever's on the plate that day? That's a good question. I have thought about combining, um, but I, I have not. So right now I am eating, um, kind of whatever I like. I think I eat health healthy. I mean, I love desserts. They're usually homemade now. Um, I love to cook. Like I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. Um, so I think I eat plentifully, I guess I should say, and diverse foods. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had a little scare with, um, I had to take blood work and the last time I had had my cholesterol checked, was two years ago and it was like amazing, impeccable. And then I had to get it um, done again a few months ago and I was shocked. It, It still wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but there were like a couple of categories that were in that borderline range. And so I got, I got nervous. Um, especially because I started fasting and I thought, oh no, like I'm, I'm doing the intermittent fasting. I feel great. Why does this, why do the numbers not show this? Um, but I actually retook the test because my physician told me to retake it. Um, and it was, it was, it had improved. So it, it might've been a little bit of a lab error. However, I did, it sent me down like a loophole of researching like intermittent fasting and can that affect cholesterol numbers? Um, and I think there is a little research that shows it can impact your cholesterol or your blood work. So, but in that time I got nervous. And so I started playing with like, I'm going to eat less meat. I'm going to increase my, um, you know, non, uh, I'm going to increase like fish and that kind of thing. So yes. So my husband, yeah, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. Go ahead. uh, uh, The research that I've heard and seen other people talking about and looked into a little bit, um, if you like, just say, for instance, you were to go in for a blood test after your run and, and you're fasted, body's breaking down fat because you're fasted. 
And so you have all those extra triglycerides in your bloodstream when they do that draw, and it's going to show up as high cholesterol markers, not necessarily that you have high cholesterol. Yeah. So um, my husband just had his done and my husband is a scientist and um, we've been fighting with our doctors for years because we were keto and now we're pretty much full on carnivore. And my husband also um, got a new, this X3 like workout bar thing. And he did that right before he went for the lab work. And I just have to add this, my dad who just passed away, he was 90. When he was going to get his labs done back in the nineties, he is, his, his cholesterol always ran high because he went fasted, but he ran every morning. And then finally, one of the doctors was like, are you running before you come here? So first of all, if you work out before you go for your labs. And the other thing is there's a lot of controversy about the actual cholesterol readings, what they're using for the data. It's not just your LDL and your HDL. It's the, there's these particle things. And my husband has just done a deep dive into the research and maybe I'll share that next time. But the point being, first of all, if the ratio is okay, you're okay. Yeah. And also when you first start fasting or you um, first start keto or carnivore, like Bill said, the fat is breaking down in your bloodstream. You also, if you're going for lab work fasted in the morning, you, sh you don't want to work out right before you go because that can um, that can offset your accurate lab work. Yeah, I'm pretty certain the first time I did go on a run prior. Yeah. And the second time I didn't. Yeah. And like Bill said, the fat is breaking down. And yeah, and and I and I really have to say this, I'm not trying to discredit any doctors, but the whole cholesterol issue is it's old, old old dogma and we need cholesterol, we need fat. So this is like another discussion for another day because I hear this over and over in the communities. Oh, my doctor says I can't do fasting because my cholesterol can't do keto. It's like, mm. all right, so I, maybe I'll put up like a little post in our fitness community about that because my husband has done some deep diving into that research and from um, reputable scientists and MDs, we have some stuff that you probably would enjoy. Yeah. All right, so, um, all right, Andrew, what about, um, Andrew does all the things. She's the mom and she works full time and she exercises. And so how do you manage your IF with feeding children and a husband and working full time, et cetera? Yeah. So it's, you know, when you're, when you're cooking your children's breakfast, it's so easy to like, like take the spoon and just eat the last morsel or something. And I always like pick off their plates. So it was an adjustment. Um, but you know, I feel like, like anything, right? Like I'm determined to do this. I put my mind to it. I explained to the children, like, I don't eat breakfast anymore, you know, but I'll sit with you. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been manageable. The thing that's been tricky is as a newlywed and having loved breakfast and brunch, you know, I frequently, my husband wants me to have breakfast or brunch with him, especially on the weekend, or if we go away for, you know, weekend when things open up and we can eat outdoors. Um, so I have learned, and I think I wrote a post. I, I can't remember. I think I put, I think I wrote a post in the, um, our pod, the, uh, Facebook page about how do people manage, you know, do people do like a cheat day or, you know, whatnot, because I was having a little bit of a hard time with it. And I can't remember somebody responded 
um, you know, you just have to be kind to yourself and this isn't a diet. So it's not like you've fallen off the rails. If one day you only fast for 12 hours or whatnot. So I, that's really helped me. So, you know, occasionally on the weekend I will have breakfast and I'll choose the day that I'm going to have it and plan for it and not beat myself up about, you know, for it. So, um, it's, it can be challenging, but I think that I'm of the personality where I think a little restriction is good. Cause I feel like more often than not, whatever I want, I do or consume or, or whatnot. So I like a little bit of restriction. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody on that we interviewed, I think it was Jen and she was saying how she enjoys the discipline of the fasting. Like she enjoys that. I would like to eat that now, but I'm going to like use my self-control and I'm going to delay it. And I know what you mean. I only have one child, but I know when the kids are little, it's just like, you, you know, so Bill, what do you do? Cause you have kids that you, I know you provide meals for your children. Yeah, I cook probably 95% of the food for our family. Um, and at first it was definitely a challenge to, you know, not take those bites. Um, for me, the bigger challenge is not finishing the plate for my kids when they're done eating. Uh, because that was always my big thing was, oh, well, they're done. I, I, I've always very anti kids. The kids do not have to clean their plates. I will gladly clean their plates for them if they're done. Um, if I'm still hungry, but if they don't want it, they don't have to eat it. And so that was a little bit of a challenge to not to get myself. Like, I don't think I have to eat it, but just to be like, oh no, it was just a habit. Like you said, you're cooking and I also spent many years in the restaurant industry and when you're cooking, you taste. And um, so, you know, those, those habits die hard. Um, but what I do now is I just, I, I know what, what things are supposed to taste like. And, you know, we let the kids, let, let everybody season their own at the end if they think it needs more of something or like that. But the, you know, general recipes that we use frequently, frequently I know well enough that I don't, I know that I don't have to taste it. Um, I still make mistakes sometimes and, you know, take a bite of something and go, ah, oh, I just broke my fast. Yeah. And my mentality is, you know what, that's okay. Um, I, that does not mean that I need to eat from now until when I was going to eat four hours from now. It just means I ate something. So I broke my autophagy cycle. Okay. Tomorrow will be better. Yeah. You know, so I like that to, a lot. Yeah. I like that because there, I see... No yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to end with that, that with you don't have to beat yourself up. There doesn't need to be any negativity over it. Um, I don't like even using the words. I made a mistake and ate something just, oops, you know, I, I put something in my mouth and I broke that cycle. That's okay. There's still plenty of time. There's still plenty of benefits in continuing fasting um, and, and getting back into that cycle before I'm ready to eat later. Wrong. Yeah. So I think you just touch on something really, really. Um, so yeah, no negativity. Yeah. Because I see this in the communities. Like someone was said, like I was doing my fast and my kid offered me a bite of their, you know, Twizzler or whatever. And I, without realizing it, I took a bite and I was like, oh, epic fail. It's like, no, 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 no epic fail. So you took a bite. Yeah. It, it'll like pause your fast. But in my opinion, just 
just get right back in your fast. Clean slate, just, it's still better than going and eating a meal. If you had a bite of a Twizzler, then you just, oh, well, whoopsie daisy. You went, took a little detour and you just jump right back in your fast. So I think that is really, really important to let people know because sometimes things occur and you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Or the other option is to go the other direction and say, okay, I broke my fast. Let's go ahead and eat my meal. Okay. And then, and then I can get back in, and then I can get into tomorrow. And it's not a punishment, but maybe because I ate my meal a little bit earlier than I planned, maybe I'll get an extra two hours on tomorrow's fast. And we know um, that um, the autophagy benefits are exponential after the 18 to 20 hour mark. So you're actually going to get more benefit out of that additional two hours tomorrow if you get it in than you would um, by, you know, breaking it up or beating yourself up over it. Just just start your window earlier, close it a little bit earlier and okay. pick it back up the next day where you planned already. So what you're saying is if you have a little oops, you then shift and you kind of modify and work with it. So let's say you accidentally take a bite of stuff and you go, right. okay, so I'm gonna open my window earlier, but then I'm gonna close it earlier and you're saying add on a little bit of fasting on the other end. So that that's a really um, great solution as well. That's another technique. I like that. All right. So Andrew, I had a question. Right. Yeah. You said in, you in have... martial arts we call that rolling with the punches. Rolling with the punches. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. So Andrea, you said you have a daughter. Yes. And three boys. So yes. I'm, I'm a woman and I have a daughter and I was a daughter and I had a lot of um, disordered eating as a middle school, high school. So um, I like to bring this up for the other moms. Um, how do you handle uh, presenting intermittent fasting to your daughter? And first of all, how old is she, if you don't mind? So she's 10. She's 10. Um, so like yeah, fifth grade? She, uh, fourth grade, yeah. Fourth grade, okay. Yeah, you know, that that is an interesting question. So she's she's my stepdaughter and her mom is also, she doesn't do intermittent fasting, but is also an exercise enthusiast, I would say. I mean, she's an active mom as well. So I think um, it is important for me uh, to have her start healthy habits. And she also, ha she has a big sweet tooth. So I find myself conscience, con like very aware about her food choices sometimes. So, um, but at the same time, I don't, I, I don't wanna be overbearing and I grew up with brothers and I don't, and I don't, I didn't feel, um, a lot of food pressure. Like in my family, it was like, the more you eat, the better growing up in some ways, I almost wish that I had a little more like, Oh, moderation is good. Um, cause I felt like I just kind of ate what I, I wanted. And I don't know if that set myself up for, uh, now always being like aware of food. Um, but I think with her, you know, she, she's, uh, I do talk about, you know, I don't eat breakfast. It's healthy. I talk about the benefits. It makes me feel good. I can exercise, you know, I feel good when I exercise. So I definitely address it with all the kids, not just her, but I do think with, with, with girls, it's important. Yeah. In a similar manner, I think girls grow up. So going back to the pelvic PT, so many, um, women grow up with constipation. And so I think it's important to kind of address, 
um, you know, that aspect too, right? So, and it's related to food or intake of water or moving around helps to decrease constipation. So I think I'm always kind of thinking about like, what are things that um, are prevalent in like a certain population or with girls or boys or whoever, and then try to incorporate them. Right. Or stress, like stress. Yeah. My, I was, I'm on my second marriage too, but my first husband, we did traveling and he would be fine. And I would be like, I'm traveling. It's like, cause I would be nervous. And, um, so do you work on that with people like the stress aspect? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, a lot of patients that I have who are very stressed, the first thing they stop doing is exercising. Well, actually it's, it's like they, they don't eat well and they stop exercising. Oh, interesting. So I think, uh, I'm constantly talking about the benefits of ex- exercising, not just on your mental health and stress reduction, but also like getting the gut moving and blood flowing, um, you know, stretching all those kinds of things muscles, you know, when, when muscles get tight in our legs, we feel discomfort, right? And so we have muscles in our pelvic floor and our stomach that need to function for our pelvic health and for elimination. So, you know, if you don't move, those muscles get tight too. Yeah. So do you, um, so what do you do with your clients? Like you said, it's a little bit intimate. Do you like give them stretches? Do you work their body? Like what kind of practice do you have? So um, I have a heavily manual-based practice, so I frequently have my hands on them. Um, You know, I think in all these issues, um, so I do a lot of hands-on, a lot of exercise and stretching, um, and then a lot of behavioral changes. So that's where diet comes in, right? So stress management, diet, um, you know, toileting posture, schedules with when you eat and when you eliminate or uh, for teachers, teachers, a lot of times can't go to the bathroom when they want to go to the bathroom because they're always in the classroom. So then education on why it's important. If you feel like you have an urge to act on the urge and not suppress it for hours and hours, because that can have, you know, bad effects. Yeah, teachers and uh, healthcare workers, especially now. Yeah. As, I was a teacher. I know that. I know that drill. And then healthcare workers. Um, I have a friend. She's working like twelve-hour shifts, and they get very few breaks. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. So for pelvic PT, it's kind of a, a mixture and smattering of different treatments. Um, I do a lot of um, like internal manual treatment. So people who come to me with pain in their pelvic floors require. Um, you know, myofascial release externally, like in the hips and glutes, but I also have to assess or frequently I assess the internal pelvic floor muscles. So that's via a, a vaginal or a rectal exam. Yeah. I've heard about that. It's, uh, you know, it's good that we're talking, having this conversation because I had a friend who went for someone because it was a woman and she had um, some dysfunction and she found a really great PT and it changed her life. You know, it yeah. changed her life. So you must see that a lot. You must do a lot of a lot of help with people. Yeah. I think, you know, um, because I'm so fortunate to spend a, a decent amount of time with every patient, I really get to know them. And I think a lot of people have, um, a feel a lot of maybe embarrassment or shame around certain issues, especially food, um, and diet. Right. So I think, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have that discussion with them because they open up to me about it. Right. So, so I think that's where it's really um, important for me to be knowledgeable about a variety of different diets or lifestyles. 
I think so that I can just, you know, even if I'm not practicing it myself, I can at least be aware of it. So do you think people are honest with you about their eating habits? Like, do you think if people are binging or, or purging or any of that, do you think like, or overusing laxatives? I'd like, do you hear those kinds of stories? I definitely do. Um, I think people may be guarded at first, but I think in the end, they are very uh, forthcoming with, with their condition and their habits, because usually by the time they get to me, they've been through so many different or other providers that they're just desperate for help. Mm. Um, and I think in the past also, um, you know, I didn't incorporate, um, like I always, there are certain diet, like for example, if someone has, uh, I don't know, bowel issues, like a lot of frequency or, um, you know, like frequent bowel movements or diarrhea or, or the opposite constipation, or they have urinary issues where they have frequency and urgency. A lot of times what you eat is going to affect those things. Mm. And in the beginning, I felt, um, maybe when I was less experienced, I felt, um, maybe I didn't feel like I should tell them you shouldn't be eating these foods or you shouldn't do this. Or I felt bad having them restrict, for example, coffee, like coffee for some people really help makes them go to the bathroom for others. It makes them um, feel a lot of urgency or have urinary leakage. So I never want to tell people you shouldn't have your coffee or you shouldn't drink your alcohol or whatever that they love. But I realized, you know, in doing this for several years, the, like, it's my job to be honest and give the facts, right? So a lot of times I have to make dietary recommendations that people don't want to hear, but I always say you have a choice, right? right. You can choose to um, follow this and then you may get better, or you can choose to do what you're doing that, you know, and you may not get better. So I think it's always important that people have a choice. Wow. That's very interesting. So do you give them homework? Like after you work with them, do you give them a series of exercises to practice at home? Definitely exercises to practice or, you know, foods to eliminate or, you know, things to try. Great. So do you feel that um, IF has helped you in your job? Like, do you feel like more like clarity of your brain? Do you like, have you had any benefits? I do. I think so. You know, I feel definitely less like brain fogginess. I feel, I don't like energy dips. I feel very even with energy. Um, in the morning, I feel very focused. Like if I'm, you know, I start some mornings I'm at work at 6.30 AM. So it's like my whole morning is, uh, you know, fasted and I feel very focused. Whereas I think in the past, like I was a grazer. So I would like bring my breakfast uh, to work. And then I would, um, I didn't want to eat it at like 6.30 AM. Cause that was still too early for me. I was like, if I eat it at 6.30, how am I going to make it to lunch? Like I, I, um, so I would be like eating little snacks, like here and there, I push off my breakfast till like eight. And then I would eat snacks all the way until like one o'clock at my lunchtime. So now I don't worry about that. It's just not a stress. Like I go to work and I do my job and I'm not so fixated on when am I going to get to eat or have a snack. Excellent. So have you shared um, with any of your colleagues, do you work, you said you work at a hospital? I so work have, in a, yeah, a house, hospital outpatient center. <clears throat> so have you shared um, with any of your colleagues that you're doing IF? I, I mean, I mean, they see that I am. Um, so I, I definitely have. I don't think I have, I have not converted anyone at work. Although I definitely talk about it amongst my friends. Uh-huh. Um, my husband has tried it a little bit. Um, uh, so 
I definitely, I, I'm an advocate of it. Like I, I do speak about it a lot and I tend to, when I try different things, I tend to be pretty vocal about the things I'm trying. So do you think you'll stick with it? Cause you said you've tried various other kinds of lifestyles with your food. What do you think? You know, I think I will. So whole 30 was kind of an experiment for me where I just wanted to see, are there certain foods that don't make me feel great? Like I didn't have any particular issues when I tried it, but it was sort of an experiment. Like you know, maybe just what could I learn? And I was fortunate, like I took everything out. And as I added everything back in one by one, you know, nothing really changed. Um, so I feel like I'm done with that. Um, but I think with intermittent fasting, because it is more of a lifestyle, I, I just, I can't imagine myself going back to eating like three full square meals a day. The times that I even do it on the weekends, when I'm, you know, doing it so that I could eat with my family or something. I just feel, I feel full. I feel yeah. like over satiated. Yeah. We hear that a lot. We hear that a lot. So I just want to circle back. Cause, um, I just listened to a podcast uh, on Graham, Graham Curry's. He interviewed, um, a woman who's an RN. She was a dietitian and she left her clinical practice cause she was not allowed she was working with uh, diabetes education and she, because of the regulations and the guidelines as a registered dietitian, she wasn't allowed to talk about low carb and intermittent fasting. And now she started her own clinical practice. I think her name is uh, Shauna Hussin, and she wrote a book about fasting and peace and healing, healing the body. So where I'm going with this is, are you, are you legally allowed because you're like a licensed PT? Like, could you get in trouble if you say, I really think if you tried a little bit of IF, it would help reduce some of this inflammation. Are you allowed to do that? That's a good question. Um, I think, um, I think I'm allowed to present a variety of options. Um, and I probably just wouldn't say um, you should do this. But I think I would say, if you did this, you may feel this way. Okay. And I off, I, I frequently talk about myself. Like when I'm talking to patients, I say, I've had this issue too, or I, you know, this, I suffered from this when I had my child. So I think I share, I'm super open about my intermittent fasting and how it's made me feel. So frequently I'll say, you know, I don't know if it would help you, but I had this and this helped me in this way. I, I love that. And um, I, I bet you're an amazing practitioner. I just could feel it through the, through the computer screen. But Bill, we had talked about this in the beginning, how you found intermittent fasting was you Googled like things my doctor's not telling me or something. So, you know, we're finding this, unfortunately, it, and I'm not, I'm, once again, I'm not putting down doctors, but they don't, they get very little training in nutrition and they don't do a lot in preventive medicine. So Bill, right. you want to talk about how, what you found when you had that issue and then how you found your IF. Yeah. Before I go there, I just, I want to touch on what we were, we were just on um, and through the couple of different courses I'm going through right now, I've learned you, you have to check your state laws. Um, obviously you have to do what's required in your state. And, and then you also have to check with your licensing board to make sure you're doing, you know, you're following their regulations, but pretty much anybody's allowed to recommend anything. What you're not, what we're not allowed to do as fitness professionals or as, as a licensed PT, what you're not allowed to do is prescribe a meal plan, oh, okay. right? Unless, unless that's within your scope. 
Um, so that's what kind of what, you know, you're allowed to talk about it. You're allowed to say, this is what I'm doing. And I've, I've had other patients who are other clients who are doing this thing or, you know, whether it's IF or keto or a specific diet, you're what the only thing we're not allowed to do it. And, and again, state by state, but you just can't say you need to follow, this needs to be your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and you know, you can't do that as part of your treatment plan. Uh, but that, other than that, you really, you know, anybody's allowed to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and, as far as professionalism goes, I, you know, there's, there's so many diets out there that you can definitely do that. Um, yeah. And when I was starting out, I, I had some health issues. I had some breathing and heart issues that were my doctors and a team of specialists from cardio, cardiology to pulmonology could not diagnose and it ended up being food related. Um, I found out after months and months of testing and thousands and thousands of dollars that I shouldn't eat gluten and dairy. Um, and it was just the inflation, the, the inflammation from the intolerances wasn't affecting my body the way it typically does. I didn't have any digestive issues. I didn't have any problems uh, that are typical gluten and dairy issues. Um, so my body decided to say, okay, well, if he's not going to get the signal through his stomach, we're going to go to something he's going to recognize and we're going to inflame his lungs and we're going to make his heart rate skyrocket. Um, so now that's what happens. And it was just like a switch. Something happened, something triggered it. I don't know what it was, but um, whenever I have gluten and dairy, cause I still do occasionally, um, I just had pizza today. <laughs> it had a gluten-free crust, but it had, uh, uh it did not have dairy-free cheese because that doesn't no. <laughs> Um, but I can feel it right away within five minutes, my lungs are inflamed and, um, it takes usually about a week to get it completely out. Um, and, but with fasting that it, it was taking like, you know, a month to get it out of my system. Every time I would have something now with intermittent fasting, it, I'm finding it's out of my system much quicker. Um, and recovery time from when it is, is, is much better. So that's why I, I occasionally allow myself to have some because I know I can deal with the side effects. Um, but yeah, I started searching and I was looking for just, that's how I found intermittent fasting was I was just looking up what else is my doctor wrong about? Like, not that, and it was, you know, it all just nutrition information is, is what most of it pointed to. And just that they're not educated. They're educated so much in medicine and in treatment that they don't have time for nutrition and studies and the effects of various diets. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's just one, one big thing there. I do have to say, um, um, and Andrea, I also, I wanted to, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, no, you go ahead. some, um, it's sometimes it's disappointing because I think some registered dietitians aren't even that well-versed in these types of different, uh, lifestyle diets and things, because, um, you know, I, I think some med- medical registered dietitians are so focused on like diabetes and these narrow things, but I wish some of them would, would learn more about the intermittent fasting lifestyle as well. Yeah. Well, I think their, um, their hands are a little bit tied. You know, yeah. I think they're schooled with, you know, the American diabetes diabetes association, whatever they call that organization. And they're required to recommend that their patients or clients have 150 grams of carbs a day. And they're required to tell them to eat three meals and snacks. So anyway, Bill, you were going to add something. Sorry. 
Um, well, I, I kind of wanted to go back. I wanted to ask a question about, because I'm a martial arts instructor. I own a karate school. And over the years, I've had um, students come in and say that they had pelvic floor issues or they were being treated for a pelvic floor issue. And uh, they weren't sure if they could do, mar if they should do martial arts. Um, or if one of the things that I um, tried program on is being adaptable so that everybody can be successful. So w if somebody comes in with pelvic floor issues or recovering from an injury, mm -hmm. are there specific movements that I should say, no, you know, we're going to change this to this, or is there a resource out there for somebody who's not a PT to look at and say, okay, I can adapt this move that I, I want my students to be able to do this technique or this skill, but if they have this issue, they might need to move in this direction instead of this direction, something like that. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it depends on the nature of the injury or pelvic floor issue. So if they're having, if it's like a muscle strain that's in the groin or pelvis or somewhere in their pelvic floor, then I would say, you know, yes, maybe modifying the, um, like the range of motion. So like kicking, if they're it's a kick that requires a big straddle, I might reduce that range of motion so that they're not feeling the triggering pain or issue. Um, stretching before, you know, warming up muscles, those kinds of things. If somebody is having like urinary incontinence or leakage when they're doing um, activities, then I would take a look at like one thing that's so important is breathing and intra-abdominal pressure. So if, if they're holding their breath during movements or kicks or on impact, um, you know, then you want to really focus their focus on their breathing because you want to dissipate the pressure in the, in the belly out of the mouth, not down into your pelvic floor. So if you, if you really focus on breathing, that will help with, you know, uh, pressure issues and urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence or something can be one of those issues. So I think it depends on the nature of the issue. In terms of a resource, I wish there was some sort of resource, but I think um, there really isn't like a central central resource. But you can always reach out to me. I'll give you my information. You're ha I'm happy to answer all questions that you may have. Thank okay, you. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have I run Great. into the same thing, Andrea, with women who have had babies when they're running. You know, they they leak and they have all these yeah. issues. So, um, Andrea, do you? Um, can people like find you if you're doing telehealth or um, maybe they could even reach out to you and you could maybe refer them to someone in their geography. So where can people find you? Um, so people can find me. I'll see. I have an Instagram page. Um, oh. It is Dr. Dre PT. So D R D R E A P T. Um, and then um, they can find me on your intermittent fasting Facebook page. Thank you. And, yeah. Anyone can nice. reach out to me there as well. That is really, this is very, very generous of you. Cause I know people pay you lots of money to yeah. do this and we appreciate it. I'm so, more than happy to answer a question. If anybody has a question, like, especially in the group or, you know, I'm more than happy to answer those questions. You're a true healer. So Andrea, you're, you said you're relatively new to intermittent fasting and we have to wrap up in a few minutes. So as this is really good as a new intermittent fasting as, and obviously you have experience as an exerciser and a PT person, what kind of advice would you maybe give to someone who is a fitness person and is incorporating um, intermittent fasting into their lifestyle? You know, I think it's, 
I would be kind to yourself because you're starting a new um, lifestyle or you're making a big change. And, and for someone first, and not to compare yourself to others, because I think for some people, it may be a seamless transition. They can handle lots of different things on their plate and other people can't. So I personally, I got an app, um, the, I think it's the zero. Um, I have zero. Yes. Yeah. It's the zero app. Yeah. And at first I was like, why would I need this? But I really like it. You know, I like data. I like information. It also, I don't have to calculate the time, right? I just put it in. So I think like whatever you can do to make this easier for you uh, would be my recommendation. And and that may be, uh, you know, adjusting your window if you accidentally eat something or, you know, like Bill was saying. So I think just be kind to yourself. That's great. Well, you sound like an amazing human being, Andrea. We're just really grateful that you you reached out to us. So we wanted to thank you. Bill, do you have any other questions to ask Miss Andrea? I don't. That was my, my big question was the last one. So great. Oh, I just have a quick question. So it's if someone's great having you on. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. If someone's a yeah. runner, uh-huh. should they run like slower? Should they like, what do you think they should do if they're having issues with issues? their pelvic floor? Yeah. You know what? They should make sure, uh, well, if they're having any kind of leakage or anything or pain or pressure, you should reach out to either your physician to get a pelvic PT referral. Okay. Um, but also you want to make sure you're strong. Running um, is very uniplanar. It only happens in one plane. And, but so you want to really work on cross training, strengthen your glutes, um, you know, your core, focus on your breathing and you might want to make adjustments to speed. Um, you know, running is a lot of impact. It's a lot of impact. So exactly. So you, you just want to make sure you're strong everywhere else to support that. Great. All right. Well, um, thank you so very much. I'm going to stop the recording and then we can do a little chatting after. So Andrea Freeman, we'll put links to your contact in the show notes and Bill, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for this podcast. Please come back next week. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, please email us at fastedfitnesslifestylepodcast at gmail.com. That's one word, fastedfitnesslifestylepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us at our Facebook community, The Fasted Fitness Lifestyle. Please join our Facebook community because we would love to support you and hear your thoughts. So be well, everyone. Continue to fast on. Continue your fitness. And we'll see you back here soon. Thanks.